You're listening to Power Athlete Radio, a podcast dedicated to empowering your performance every damn day. Join former NFL pro and Power Athlete founder John Wellborn as he dissects the greatest minds in strength, conditioning, and more. Joining him is everyone's favorite coach and hair model, Chris, a.k.a. Tex McQuilkin, Power Athlete's Director of Performance. So whether your goal is to be the hammer, destroy mediocrity, or simply move the dirt, you've come to the right place. Now with the warm-up done, let the games begin. Uh, we're welcoming Scott Kennedy to Power Athlete Radio, the owner of Light Path to Wellness and a certified photo biomodulation practitioner and certified health coach. And what I learned, you entered into the light energy field through dental practice. So take us all the way back to that beginning and now why uh, you're so passionate about what you're doing with Light Path. All right. So, okay. So I'll give a quick history. I started off in the uh, Air Force when I just turned 18 and I was in the dental field. So I was trained to be a dental technician. Uh, everybody always said, Hey, so you're a pilot. And I would say, yes, but I was really just a dental technician. So after my four, <laughs> after my four years, I, I went to school for, uh, dental hygiene, um, and did hygiene for a number of years. And then I got, uh, I, I was dealing with some physical back wrist neck, typical issues from being in a very static position all day. So I started doing more of sales and training. And I, and I started working with a, a dental laser company and we would use lasers uh, to cut teeth. So instead of using a drill, we would use lasers to cut tissue instead of using a, a scalpel. And, but the same laser that if I put right here would fry the, the, the tissue, if I pulled it back and allowed the energy to go over a greater area with much less power, not enough power to cut, we saw amazing results with uh, patients with really bad TMJ issues, or we would irradiate the area where maybe we did a, an extraction or we did a perio surgery or a root canal. And such a difference in the speed of the healing, as well as such a decrease in the amount of post-op uh, pain and sensitivity. So uh, some of the dentists that I, I worked with were, were really really thought outside the box. And so they would use uh, the laser for uh, their father who had shingles or their kid who had a sprained ankle or had uh, an open wound and they were getting great results. And I thought, this is just so cool. So I started delving more and more into that side of light energy. And, and then it just got to a point where I thought, why can't I just set up a wellness center uh, and start doing this on my own. And so that's, that's what I, that's what I did about four years ago. And yeah, the Kristen Wetzel connected us and she's all into the red light therapy and you were her go-to for, for this new series. And so speak to us about light path products. So now you're into creating your own products to then deliver this, not only in the wellness center, but also for us way out here in Austin, Texas and people all over the world at their homes. Right. So when I was talking about dental, we were talking about lasers. Lasers were initially studied uh, way back in, in the 60s. And that's where they found that it had a positive effect on the body. Uh, more recently in the, in the 90s, early 2000s, it's really transitioned from lasers, which were quite expensive, to LEDs, light emitting diodes, uh, having very similar benefits uh, at a price point that most people could handle and we're much safer uh, as well. So now when we talk about red light therapy, we're really talking about um, light emitting diodes or, or LEDs. Uh, so over the last probably 20 or 30 years, we've got 7,000 plus studies. So this is, because I come from, from a science background, that's my go-to. My go-to is... NIH research, PubMed, uh, and I base I base my products on the research. So when I was uh, working uh, with 
of my wellness center, I thought, well, there's so many people that they're not in my vicinity. They can't come and get care or they had to drive too far or it was too difficult because of health reasons or whatever. So I thought about, okay, well, I know that these are already out there as home use devices. So I started to work with manufacturers and I said, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you put this wavelength in? Can you put this pulse in? Can you make it you know, this size shape? Uh, and they'd come back and they say, yes, we can do this or no, we can't do that. Um, and then over the last three years, we've been uh, constantly tweaking it uh, based on what the new research is, is coming out. So case in point, near infrared penetrates deeper into the body. Uh, recent research came out that said 810, which is a wavelength in the near infrared, does the best job of penetrating the skull uh, and affecting positively the brain. So I took the my big panel, I took the whole top third where it would be in the in the head area and I changed that all to 810. So we're constantly making little tweaks based on on what the research is telling us. So can you get into the five wavelengths you've selected? As I was going through the, uh, the website and looking at the tech, it seemed like uh, there were five specific ones that you went with. How did you select those? And you got into the first one, obviously, the one to penetrate the skull in the upper part. Yeah. So eight, eight, 810 has been more studied recently. So there, there may be a time I, I make another switch. Uh, my manufacturer hates me for doing that, um, but you know that's that's how it goes. So we we've got five wavelengths. Two are in the red. Red is more superficial. It's going to be for skin. So generally, generally, not always, but generally, when we talk about wavelengths, it's really about penetration into the body. So if I have a six twenty nanometer and a six sixty, the six twenty is going to penetrate less than the six sixty. The 660 is generally going to penetrate less than 810, 850, 930. Uh, so if we can get different wavelengths, different degrees of penetration, uh, then we're going to we're going to do a better job of kind of hitting all the different layers of the body from the very superficial, you know, the epidermis layer, the dermis layer getting into um, the blood supply just underneath, getting into the lymphatics, and then with the near-infrared, uh, getting even deeper into the brain, uh, the organs, the deeper lymph, the muscles, the joints, everything else. Is there a way to measure um, how much energy is penetrating into the tissue? Like I, I was thinking, um, just for an example, uh, years ago, we got sent whoop bands, and uh, my wife, who's pretty small, uh, and pretty jacked, um, like, you know, like in good shape, hers was dramatically more accurate than mine. Um, just because I think she had less mass on her arm and it was able to read her stuff or better her vitals. So I sometimes wonder with some of this stuff, if I'm a bigger dude, uh, with more mass, is there uh, like an issue on penetration opposed from, let's say a smaller person like my wife? Yeah, certainly, certainly th there is. So, uh, it, it is a tough thing to measure because, because here's the thing is we, like, if I took a red light a red little flashlight, and I put it up against my hand, I'd see the red coming out the other side. So you go, oh, that's really penetrating quite a bit. But just because my eyes detect that light, because my eyes are obviously super sensitive to light, doesn't mean that there's enough light photons getting into that area to create uh, a chemical change in, in the cells. So that's where it can be a little bit difficult to truly understand. And there's so many other variables as well. Is that light right up against the skin? Is there distance where it tends to lose? It's going to lose some power. Is there reflection off different skin types? Uh, what's the level of water in the cells? Because that's going to absorb and reflect. Uh, how much of fat cells do we have to go through? You know, so there's all these variables. We know in general, though, that certain wavelengths like red or blue or yellow or green uh, penetrate very superficial, where we know near infrared penetrates much deeper into the body. So there is this part of, we, we have a general idea, 
but it's it's yet to be able to be measured really specifically because there's just so many variables involved. Uh, is there, uh, with that in mind, is there like a minimal versus maximal exposure? Like would, uh, you know, I mean, have you guys gone and measured and said, all right, you know, like uh, uh, this cycle runs for let's say 20 or 30 minutes. If uh, you're like a bigger dude or like a, you know, like a professional athlete, you know, like, um, you know, me versus my wife, for example, is there an, is there a case to say, Hey, you know what, a bigger person or a, a more muscular person would need longer exposure than somebody else? Yeah. There's a maximum depth of penetration, you know? So let's say we talk about near infrared that penetrates deeper, depending on the research that you go to, because again, there's, there's, there's a wide range of it. It's, uh, they, they've got to get more precise with this. No, I, w I was up at 6am pouring through your website and looking at all the research and trying to pull it. And there is a ton of research on this. So that's where, uh, like, that's why yeah. these questions I pulled out, I'm like, man, I, I, I can't find it. Yeah. So, so let's say, um, you've got a big, you say, say, say you get a bicep tear. Uh, maybe I get a bicep tear as well. Your bicep, I can tell is probably about eight times as large as my bicep. Uh, so, but the light is only going to penetrate about two inches in depth. All right. So you, you would say to yourself, okay, well, this is a deep tear. That light isn't getting to that exact issue. It doesn't matter though. Because one of the really cool things that they learned with light is it has a very systemic effect. So a case in point is like, let's say, um, and they did studies on this. You come in, you got two equally bum knees. So we're going to put light on one knee. The other one is going to be our control group. Problem is, is both knees got better. And why, why is that? So let's go back to the bicep. All right, so the bicep, you get a tear. You get scar tissue that builds up. Now, the body should remodel that and heal, but say you just, you just can't stop going to the gym. And you're like, I got to keep on pushing myself like us dumb athletes do sometimes. And we keep on doing curls, and the body never fully heals. So we've got scar tissue in the place that's constantly tearing, constantly causing inflammation and pain issues. So when we put light on it, let's say we're not getting it to the deepest point, but what that light does, and here's the thing is, we can go through a list of all these great things light does. It only does a couple things. It really only does a couple things. It gets absorbed by the cells, by the mitochondria, and the, the water layer outside of the cell, and it thus creates uh, an increase in mitochondrial activity, which then increases ATP production. That's it. I mean, there's a couple other things with nitric oxide, but it's really all we're doing is we're kickstarting the cell to do what it should be doing. Um, a good example is let's say I, I, I go running and I'm doing a marathon. If I don't stop at some point and grab water, if I don't grab a bite, uh, whatever, I'm going to have a hard time finishing, but we've all been to that point of exhaustion and in some kind of workout. And then we stop, we hydrate ourselves, we feed ourselves. All of a sudden we feel like a new person and we're ready to go. That's what light does to the cells. So with your muscles, even if I'm not getting light directly there, I'm creating increased mitochondrial activity. That's pumping out all this extra energy. We're getting vasodilation. We're getting increased blood flow to that area. We're getting uh, in, increased um, oxygen to that area. We're getting uh, gene expression. Uh, all these things which help kind of kickstart the body to go from macrophage stage one, where you had the initial healing, and we're, we're pushing it to get into stage two so that it can complete the healing process, um, increase new collagen and elastin uh, to help remodel that scar tissue. Uh, and so that's why light is very, very cool because we don't necessarily have to get it to the exact spot. So your big muscle may take a little bit longer of light to get where it needs to go than my muscle, but we're going to get there anyway. Okay.
uh, like how does the signal work? And this is, I think, like the part that I was struggling with a little bit. Like, how does the light signal the body to not only uh, like figure out like uh, like how does it help to repair organs? I mean, um, it's funny when people think of organs, they think all the things they can see inside you. But unfortunately, what most people don't realize is the skin is by far our biggest organ. And the thing that I found that was so fascinating on the red light was there was a ton of like cosmetic stuff, especially with uh, uh, wrinkles where they were like using it on people's faces to show, you know, better, uh, you know, uh, I guess anti-aging in terms of wrinkle reduction. The thing which is fascinating is uh, the skin is a great indicator of, of overall health. Like if somebody has a, you know, a bunch of skin disorders or they have a bunch of weird stuff going on or, you know, all these other things are just kind of manifest as something bigger going on within the body, like candida, let's say if you have, uh, you know, a bunch of rashes. Well, even acne, right? Yeah, acne is an interesting one. I, I did a talk with Lauren Cordain years ago. Uh, he wrote a book that like dairy uh, was a huge player in juvenile acne. And, um, you know, believe that, you know, if your kid is acne, get rid of all the dairy and it tends to go away. So, I mean, you know, you think autoimmune response, but like, how does the actual light signal the body? And that was the one piece I found most fascinating. That it's actually more of a, almost a chemical reaction. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's two parts. One is a chemical. One is a mechanical. The mechanical is what they found out more recently, which was really cool. Um, so let's go with the chemical part of it. As we talked about uh, light working on the cell specifically you know light is going through the body light is getting absorbed uh cytochrome c oxidase cco uh it has a darker pigment to it so that absorbs the light at that point there's there's an actual pump in the mitochondria that rotates 9000 times per per minute so uh, 9000 rpms and what it does is it allows that to spin more because it starts to create a balance between oxygen cells and uh, oxygen molecules and nitrogen. There's a bit of an imbalance there when things aren't working properly. So it balances those out, starts spinning, and starts pumping out that ATP energy. And again, from there is where all the cool things happen and what they're, what they're finding out, you know, okay, so the cell produces more energy. What does that mean? That means it starts to manufacture more collagen. So that's great for not just skin, but our whole body is made up of collagen and elastin. Uh, one of the newer things that they're finding is, is all the ways that it helps to regulate um, upregulate certain genes, downregulate other genes. So when they start talking about um, uh, working uh, using light for tumors, they're seeing some really positive effects of that. Um, and when we, we go back to high school and we look at the cell, there's always one little mitochondria there, which is funny. So that's what I had always thought come to find out there's there's hundreds or thousands of mitochondria in every single cell every single mitochondria is pumping out hundreds of thousands of atp little protein energies um so let's look at the cells what cell in the body has the most mitochondria is the eyes oh we go well does light therapy help with eyes absolutely so now they're using it for age-related macular degen degeneration. They're using it for glaucoma. They're using it for all kinds of others. The next cell that has the most mitochondria is the brain. So they're using it now for Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, certainly uh, depression, uh, post-concussion healing, stroke a a as well. And again, it's, it's not like light is just doing all these wondrous things. I, I want to make people know that this is not some, hey, here's this miracle pill that does all these things. It just does those couple things by helping the body kickstart the cells and the production of energy. So what would be uh, like, is it a three day a week, every day, 10 minutes, 30 minutes? Like, like if somebody wanted to get into this, like what's the investment in terms of time? Yeah. I like to do it every day. If we think about it, Okay, here's, here's a question we have to ask. Why do we need this 
in our life to begin with? What's going on? Isn't nature good enough? But we've taken ourselves out of nature. We put clothes on. We're in northern climates like I am where, you know, we have winter uh, 11 months out of the year. It feels um, we, we have so many toxicities in our body. We have poor diet. We sleep horribly. Uh, we have crazy stress levels. And so our body is not functioning where it should be. So what we're doing is really they found the, 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 the most beneficial wavelengths of the sun, um, cranked up the power and, and put it in a home use device. So I like to do light every single morning. So it's the first thing when I get up, pee, I sit in front of my light. Uh, and I, I do that for about 20 minutes, 10 minutes on my front, 10 minutes on my back. If I wanted to, I could do it in the evening as well. Uh, minimal is three times a week. Depending on the device that you use, um, that'll determine how long you're going to use it for. If it's lower power, you, you need to make up with it with greater exposure time. If it's more powerful, you generally need less time. But here's the caveat. There's a kind of a Goldilocks spot where it's just a, just the right amount of energy that your body really tends to like. Uh, and that's, and that's why I'm, you know, we all get, we all get stuck in this marketing bigger is better. We're in the U S everything is, you know, bigger tires, bigger power, whatever else. It's not the case really with light. Uh, because there is that sweet point. There is a there is a point where you know it's too much energy that we're putting at the body. It's not that it's not going to help, but it's not going to be it's not going to be in that right range that we want to really really help the body. Yeah, I've got a, a portable one, and it's always default highest level, which is three. Well, I mean, but but didn't you get also that deal from Doctor Mike where you were uh, sunning your butthole? Uh, that was going to be one of my final questions to the podcast is what's the deal Dude, with that? Uh, we, we've been just kind of, yeah. Like that's I, more fun. I think we should yeah, say that well, to we've, the end. We've been making jokes because people have taken this light stuff uh, like uh, to some kind of ridiculous levels. But uh, the one that actually Dr. or uh, that Kristen and I have been rapping a bunch about, because um, I've always been a little bit uh, like on the fence a little uh, with, um, with the saunas. So I know they have like uh, infrared, near and far saunas. But as I talked to Kristen, she's like, you know, it's actually the old school barrel saunas um, that get up to a high enough heat for heat shock proteins. And we start seeing the effects. And I asked her, well, what about these different wavelengths? And her comment was like, I might just get a panel that has those and do it both instead of trying to like, you know, get in one, like use them as separate modalities. And uh, that kind of, you know, tweaked my brain a little bit and was like, you know, this, um, the idea that, uh, you know, there's these kind of different pieces. But I mean, you made a great point too. I mean, how many people get up and do, you know, morning sun exposure, you know, get out there, you know, do a lot. I'm sure you do a bunch of grounding stuff, put your feet on the grass. And, uh, my son is type one diabetic and I know if we can get him outside and get him in the sun with his feet on the grass and his blood sugar is so much better over the course of the day opposed from when he doesn't. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. I get, I get a little tired of, and this is going to be with anything, you know, you're going to have your, your snake oil salesmen's out there um, that are going to promise all these wonderful, amazing things. You're going to look 20 years long, uh, younger, you know, you're going to lose, they use it for weight loss. And, you know, let's be real. Let's go to weight loss. Research has shown that light does help the fat cells release their innards. But those innards are just going to find some other fat cell to hang out with, unless you combine it with um, fasting, um, high intensity workout right after, better diet. So we can use it as an adjunct for weight loss, mainly because, okay, uh, it's going to help decrease inflammation in your body. You can work out harder. You can work out longer. It's going to help your, your mood so you're going to be in a better place. You're going to feel like, okay, I'm in a good mood. I'm going to go running. Uh, I'm not going to eat the junk food. It's going to help your circadian rhythm so you sleep better. Uh, so it's not the miracle pill. 
Um, but for a lot of things, it's going to have a real dramatic effect on people with all sorts of ailments. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, um, just like anything. I mean, you know, people get into this and it, I mean, like we saw it early on in the paleo diet. Uh, I remember talking to Rob Wolf about it and it made a ton of sense. And then all of a sudden it got into this weird place where people are like, it's magic. It's going to cause magic. I'm like, well, at the end of the day, if you still overeat, I don't care what diet you're on, you're going to be heavy. I mean, the law of thermodynamics will never change. Uh, no matter how much people want to discuss it, like you said, it's uh, used as an adjunct, like if you're going to train, but it's never going to be replacing like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to work out anymore. I'm just going to lay in bed with light with uh, infrared lights on. me. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, and and there's people here's the issue is we're, we're in a, a, a Western culture where we've been so inundated with here's the pill. You know, you take the pill the headache goes away. You take the pill, this goes away. You take the pill, this goes away. So we're so used to having this instant gratification, even though those pills are nothing but masking a problem that's going to continue to exist. When instead you take a long-term approach, no different than changing your diet and eating healthier, no different than going out and exercising. If you go out and um, run a couple miles, you're not going to get back and go, I'm an athlete. It's not how it works. You may not notice any difference other than you're sore and you're cramped up and you're like, I don't like running at all. You're going to slowly build. You're going to add more distance, more time, different terrain each time. And you're going to get better and better and better. And your body's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's what light does. Um, so when I, when I introduce light to people, I, I, I want them to realize this is not like, Hey, I've got a back issue. Use it for a week and you're good. That's not that's not how it works. Uh, make it part of your daily habit. No different than than instead of picking up a bowl of Cheerios, you know, you're making your eggs or you're having your Greek yogurt with bananas or whatever else. Make it into a daily habit that's going to be beneficial, not just for your lower back, but it's going to be beneficial for all aspects of of your body, both you know, physically and uh, mentally. Uh, what I really liked is on the website when I clicked on some of the description videos, the very first one had to do with uh, light therapy and meditation, uh, which has been for me pretty fascinating in that uh, I've been trying to, uh, I've been aggressively trying, and I know those words don't mix, but trying to learn to meditate because uh, there's so much going on in my head at all times that actually the, the task of trying to think of nothing is next to impossible. And so I, I was, I can't. yeah, I, I've been, trying and I've like meditation apps and the whole thing. And I ended up, um, meeting, um, I went to a birthday party. This is so random how, uh, whether it be the universe or some, you know, God or whatever you believe, but people kind of come into your life at certain points. And I was at my buddy's birthday party and his, his, uh, cousin was there and he was wearing a mala. Um, so I asked him, I was like, Oh, do you use it for meditation? He's like, it's the only way I can meditate. And so he mm -hmm. took me through, he's like, you know, there's some um, personal mantras and he goes, if you have trouble, uh, clearing your mind, he goes, use the mallet account and, you know, inhale, exhale and do breaths. And there's 108. And he went, took me through this and he's like, I can't just sit and meditate. And, uh, he's like, you know, the practice is taking me. He's like, sometimes you need a tool. So he, he ended up sending me a mala and, uh, and some mantra stuff and I've been practicing it. But then as I was, uh, basically doing a terrible job of, of meditating, I, I was watching your videos this morning and some of the descriptions. And the first one that popped up was like, you can't do your both. <laughs> what I can't do both. What? That's like, I don't know, watching TV and listening to music, what? meditating while watching these educational videos. Oh, I wasn't meditating. Oh, I, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> at, at like, I'm not very good at it. So I've been trying to like lay in bed and like count and do this or, you know, find some different places, sit outside. But the one that he said was like, you know, there's a meditation with the red light. And I was thinking like, man, like what if it was changing the light or changing the, the visual, um, like the room, you know, like the, like the visual representation of the room with the light to actually create a different space to meditate. So I've been looking for like, is there, you know, a, a different places? Is there me like trying to change the environment to make it easier to enter that state? And, uh, it's, it, you would think that the hardest thing that I've been encountering is actually thinking of nothing. Like it's that. impossible. I, I, I can't do it. But when I do my morning, I, 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 I pull up YouTube and I put on Wim Hof. So I've just, I, I love Wim Hof. It's a great breath work. Breath exercise for a lot of people that, just like you and me, find meditation very difficult. Breath work 
is the beginning of meditation. So that's an easy way to get into it. And again, it's like two birds with one stone. Why not? Uh, I am working with uh, a, a sound expert. Uh, he's in Russia and he's formulating some some different uh, meditation type sounds, whether it's, uh, you know, solfeggio frequencies or other things that can help work with certain specific type of, of issues. So that's, that's the long game with, with doing light is incorporating certain sound frequencies, uh, certain breath work instruction, uh, and certain frequencies and light. So you're bringing in three, really three separate modalities that without a doubt are going to have a very synergistic effect that can all be done in your home in 10, 15, 20 minutes a day. And I mean, there's just no better way to start off your day than, than to be able to do that. I like it. I, I have a question connected to performance. So I'm working with a, a high school football player that's just coming off of meniscus surgery. Not just, but he had it earlier in the year, several months ago. And so we would do the targeted red light right on the knee following a training session. And then I just let him lent him the light for the season because I just I understand the grind of high school football and the amount of volume is a hell of a lot. So in terms of timing for him, is it best for post-practice, like a recovery tool, or is it best in the morning, like we discussed? But he right. is a performance athlete, so do I use it as pre-practice, pre-game, post-practice, mm -hmm. post-game, or just, hey, get it done in the morning before you got the stress of school and whatnot? Yeah, good question. So, uh, like the Nike Olympic running team, you know, they took a full bed, if you picture a tanning bed, but it's mm -hmm. all with light. Yeah, what and, are those uh, What are those called? Thor beds? Um, well... That's that's one of the manufacturers. There's yeah. multiple manufacturers out there, but that's the Novathor. Yeah, Novathor. That's uh, right. And it's a great bed, and it's hugely expensive. Um, well, that's the one that uh, when I pulled up the light bed research, it feels uh, like all the professional athletes of the bigs are, you know, when we looked after the guys at NSW, um, that was the bed they used, and I wonder if it was because the most it was the most expensive. They're like, oh, it's well, the most expensive and, one. That's one we use. And good marketing. And, yeah. you know, one of the people that run it is, I mean, he's, he's brilliant uh, with his knowledge. You know, he's going up in, in front of the people at the UN to tell them about red light therapy. So um, a brilliant guy and, um, you know, one of those guys you want leading the way with red light therapy. But yeah, people sometimes get a little too caught up in um, a, a specific product. It really just comes down to what are the wavelengths? What's the power? Uh, which we would talk about irradiance. Does it have pulsing involved? Uh, so they used it pre. But here's the thing is if you're doing it every day, you don't have to have a specific time that you do it. Because it's still go. It takes about, you know, any, every time you do it, it takes approximately, again, science is a little conflicted on this. But you get that initial boost of nitric oxide release, which creates vasodilation that lasts for a couple of hours. So that would probably be a good reason to do it within two hours of your event. The other effects will last about 24, 48 hours or maybe even a little bit longer. So as long as you're being consistent with it, it's not really going to make a huge difference. Uh, but if someone is an athlete, uh, they, they did a good study on, uh, I think it was a, it was a group of females uh, that were part of the Chinese Olympic team, but they would do curls and they had, you know, both groups, they separated them. One was a control group. One was the light group, the control group. They did a sham, like a fake red light uh, or near infrared on the bicep muscles. The other one, they did the actual light. The group that did the light were, were able to um, exert themselves for longer and do more repetitions. Uh, makes complete sense when you look at the science of vasodilation, increased oxygen, uh, increased, um, an increased neuron activity as well. So yes, now 
for the knee issue, here's what a lot of people starting out, they'll, they'll, they'll put the light somewhere where the actual issue is, but they forget the systemic aspect of it. So let's say they're, let's say it's a patella issue. So they're putting it right on the front of the knee. There's an, an inflammatory component in this as well. So how does inflammation work through the lymphatic system? So if we want to help pull the inflammation out to speed up the healing process, we don't want to just hit the knee. We want to hit the lymph node in the back of the knee. We want to hit the lymph node in the front groin area, kind of where the leg meets the body and kind of works down to the pubic area. We see this a lot with neuropathy. People have uh, peripheral neuropathy in their feet. So they're shining light on their feet. That's fine. But the problem in many cases is not the foot. It's the lymphatic system or it's the nerves in the lower back area. So that's where when we're talking about light, we have to really look at it as a whole system not just a localized problem. Okay. Yeah. I can add that into the rec pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, it seems, um, I always am constantly searching for what's like the minimal investment for maximal output. You know, I think with a lot of this stuff, I mean, there's so many different avenues for, uh, you know, for, I guess you call them like modalities. I mean, we got red light, you could think about infrared saunas or, you know, heat, you know, high heat saunas you know, cold, it feels like everybody's doing this version of contrast, which is, I, I've always, I mean, I did for the majority of my NFL career. Um, but I mean, there's so much stuff to, to do that you almost think about economy of time. Like, what can you do easy? What can you do consistent? Because I don't think anything works in just a one-off environment, like one day of doing breath work or one day of infrared sauna. Well, so I think like- Scott and I got an idea. There's no red light ice therapies. So we need to create a barrel <laughs> that's waterproof. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, or maybe, when, yeah. Or maybe you can get in in the ice with the thing on you that we get greater reflection from the ice in the water. Yeah, contrast in the water. Yeah, yeah. I, well, they 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 did that with saunas. You know, they put red light in saunas. It sounds good. It's good marketing. Uh, but the problem is most of the time it's not in a, it's put in a place in the sauna where it's not really that close to you. It has to be close enough to you. You're sweating in there, which means you've got a lot of perspiration, which is reflecting all the light in different directions. Um, and if it is helping you, it's very, very minor. So, you know, that's the unfortunate thing is, you know, when someone comes to me and they've got, Lyme issues. Uh, I have to tell them right away, you're going to have to throw everything um, and the kitchen sink against the wall to get changes, which means red light, infrared sauna, right? Obviously diet, um, uh, sleeping better, exercise, uh, even like you said, grounding, uh, tapping, bouncing, anything and everything you've got to throw at it because, and I'll tell them, Red light will help, but you're going to have to throw a lot more at, at it because, you know, there's certain issues that, I mean, they're, they're a pain in the ass uh, and they're long-term and they're difficult. They're very, very difficult uh, to get the body to react properly so that people can have some, you know, just, just a little bit of management a little bit of peace and quiet when you know their lives have been so um uh put into disarray because of a bacteria or a virus or a mold so yeah that's where i say you you know you got to dedicate the time and there's there's not there's not a magic pill for it yeah no uh, lyme disease is no joke i mean uh it's very prevalent in this part of the world probably yours too especially with your ticks and all that i mean that's uh, that's one of those things where, you know, like, and, and it's never the first thing people test for. It's always like they go through all this work and work and then finally they're like, what about Lyme disease? And, uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, no, it's a scary deal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, uh, I got, uh, I played for the Philadelphia Eagles and then I got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs and the hotel that they had me living in when I first went there before I bought a home. Uh, from the day I walked in that place, I was deathly ill. 
And I mean, to the point where my girlfriend came and visited me and she got super sick and she's like, I got to go. I can't stay in this hotel. Uh, I shortly just left and ended up buying a house and moving and was super sick. And it wasn't until the season was over that I, uh, you know, like during the season, I'm like, you know, Googling my symptoms and it pretty much came back that I had leukemia. And I talked mm-hmm. to the doctors and they were like, well, uh, we don't know what to do. So I ended up reaching out to Tom Inkledon, who's our uh, good friend from Causenta. And he did a bunch of testing and came back and was like, dude, you have toxic levels of mold in every mm-hmm. type that I've, I've tested you for. He goes up the 10 types. Yours was through the chart, uh, off the charts. And uh, I got infected in that hotel. Um, I ended up going back after we had done um, you know, a whole bunch of like um, sauna stuff to try to detox. It was a bunch of IVs and you know, just a, a fucking shotgun approach to try to fix this thing. But when I went back to Kansas City, I went back to the hotel and they had shut it down because somebody who worked there had gotten Legionnaire's disease. It was in, what it, in, in the hot tub. Yeah, but it was, uh, they said that the mold was in the air conditioning units. Oh, so they, they, so they were breathing in because Legionnaires is a fecal oh, aerosol through, through uh, feces. So it's not uncommon if you go into a really dirty hot tub that's not being chlorinated properly, which would normally kill it off, no problem. That's where people, it's an aerosol of a, of a fecal origin. So they must have had something living in the AC shitting in there or something, or at least what they said was had to do with the mold in the AC. But uh, right. some, some guy had gotten what they said was Legionnaire's disease, and they had shut the place down. And, uh, you know, like, basically we're, we're hazmatting it. And I came back and was like, oh, fuck, like, this is what I was living in. And, uh, man, it, uh, it was wild. It aged me in dog years. Like, I like, thought, like, my whole world was coming to an end. It wasn't until I ended up fixing it and realizing the problem. So like whenever people are like, oh, mold exposure or some of these other things, I'm like, dude, these things kill people. And yet they aren't necessarily uh, on the radar for most doctors that you go to because, you know, they test you. Oh, this looks bad. Let me give you a pill instead of realizing that, like, there's very few pills that actually help cure this type of stuff. And, and one of it is, you know, being able to you know, get this stuff out of the body and have it work through. Yeah. And how many people have been uh, referred to a shrink uh, because it's all in their head? You know, they, they feel sick. They can't get out of bed, but all the studies come back fine. So they say, go, go see a therapist, which is really, it's, it's really sad, but you know, fortunately you were able to find the right people, but there's a lot of people out there, lower income, lack of knowledge on these things that they're going to their basic kind of corner doctor. Um, and they're just, they may very well go their whole life without getting an answer that what their issue is Lyme or it's mold or it's something else. Yeah. So the, I mean, this would obviously, um, there's positive effects because as I was going through, there are positive effects for using red light therapy in these situations along with some other modalities. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I think it's time for the, uh, sunny side up question, John, I, this, I, I don't know where, how this popped up on our Instagram, but, uh, uh Dr. Mike from move you was, uh, making all these videos, I guess, about people rolling over kind of in that yoga pose where you throw your feet over your head naked to sun their buttholes. Happy and, baby. <laughs> dude. Uh, and then somehow like it's, uh, that's a real thing. I thought they were fucking kidding, but I mean, uh, like at this point, like, I think anything or everything works, but I don't know how you'd make that happen. So two part question here. One, I guess the morning light on the undercarriage, what's the research say about that? And two, what about, uh, and Kristen couldn't help us with this, but red light on the testicles. Yeah. So yeah, uh, without a doubt, red light on the testicles. Here's the interesting thing, and I don't understand this. They've never put together a human study on testosterone with light. It should be easy to do. They've, they've done it on mice, and they've shown an increase uh, in testosterone. Um, they've seen an increase uh, uh, anecdotally with um, humans with, with, with sex drive. Uh, they've done studies on um, using light and infertility in women uh that has been very positive uh so yes i I say absolutely so let's think about it um erectile dysfunction it could be as simple as there's not enough blood flow getting to the penis all right so we already talked about vasodilation that could help out quite a bit it could also be coming from uh the spine area there could be some nerve involvement. There could be some inflammation that could be causing erectile dysfunction. So put it on the lower back. It could be 
a depression issue, anxiety issue as well, lack of sleep. So put light on the front and on the back also. As far as shining light up the butt, here, here's my issue with that. Sure, go for it. <laughs> um, but it's not like if we look, I always look back at, okay, look, let's look back at our ancestors. They got up first thing in the morning. They were out in the sun all day long. Um, they weren't spreading their butt cheeks. I, I know they weren't spreading their butt cheeks to the sun. That's just not a thing. The, the human body is not meant. Um, that That's one of those areas that it, it is pretty closed off to the sun. It's, you know, and who knows exactly why, but that that particular area is not necessarily like the place where, gosh, we're missing light up the butt. Uh, what know? about so, a sunburn? That feels like an area that is very sensitive. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't wear a man thong like Tex does. So Tex, when you're, you know, sunning your, you know, you know, working on your, you know, whale tail tan, do you feel that like, you know, that area of the body gets sunburned easy, more easy? Oh, of course. But I'm Irish. <laughs> There's not a lot of hair down there. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Um, it's uh, like, like this is, on, on, yeah, no, go on. On that point is light therapy actually helps um, create proteins, enzymes that reduces the effect of sunburns, both prior to going out in the sun and then after. So I would just suggest light up the butt area first with red light therapy, and then you can go and, Bast away in the sun. Sunburn your anus. Ah, uh, dude. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Mike uh, from Movie U is in California. So obviously he doesn't realize that the sun in Texas, which is by far the most egregious thing on the planet, other than maybe fucking the, you know, the face of the sun. It's like 104 degrees here every day. And the sun is just like, it's the only way. It's like oppressive. So maybe in California where the, it's obviously not nearly as oppressive the sun, you know, maybe it's uh, it's something that they got to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, my whole deal with a lot of this stuff is if it feels weird or seems weird, there's a good chance it probably is kind of weird. So and then you also like have to talk about that stuff. But uh, like we did. But if um, if people I mean, your, your website's just a, a you know, like a, a plethora has, has a plethora or like really a treasure trove of all this information, some really good videos. Um, is there anything other than, you know, public public med that you recommend people go to? Are there any books or anything where people really want to deep dive. Cause like you said, there's a ton of charlatans in this, um, you know, and just me personally, anything that Dave Asbury is associated with, because uh, we battled the bulletproof coffee, like, you know, like, uh, I mean, I, I had clients that were consuming three to 4,000 calories a day of, by putting like butter in their coffee and then wondering why they weren't losing weight. What do you mean? I'm fasting. And I'm like, dude, you're drinking like a 1200, you know, calorie thing of, uh, like, you know, a, a butter every day, like, you know, four or five of them. Like, if you want to have one on the weekend, I'm fine with it, but like, you can't hope to consume this. And he's like, well, you said the calories didn't matter. didn't count. I'm like, calories always count. But so I think for him, um, at least for me, anything's associated with gives me a little bit of heebie jeebies, but like the, the research as I was pouring through it this morning, it, it's so, uh, so, um, you know, conducive to it and really just supports it. So if people want to get more and really deep do the deep dive. How do they do it? Well, it, it's, there are, there are books, you know, it's just a matter of, all right. So let's say we go to Google and we put in red light therapy, we'll find some stuff, but we're going to find a lot of advertisement, a lot of people trying to sell stuff. If you put in the true name photobiomodulation, uh, you're going to get more of the research stuff. The problem is the research stuff is, I mean, these are scientists who are trying to up other scientists with all their big words. So, you know, you can read the abstract, read the introduction, go right down to the conclusion part of it. Um, there's there's a lot of websites out there that, you know, kind of everything you need to know about light, whether um, uh, I mean, I don't know if you as want me to pull up names of, of, of people that have these. Uh, but there are certain books that you can even get on Amazon that go through a very basic approach of what red light therapy is so the average person you know without a you know dr by their name or without you know a lot of um research knowledge can read understand and then um put it into action excellent and we got light path led on instagram pretty good resource here yeah 
no, we got a ton of stuff. So uh, I guess we'll just direct people towards that website. And uh, do you have any uh, um, personal, uh, you know, social media places people can reach out to you if they got more questions? Well, I have a Facebook group so that I, I run and, and we get people, not just people using my product, but people using all sorts of uh, other other products. And they'll come in and they'll ask their questions and either I can respond or we've got a number of other people that have used light for years that they'll respond. And that's red light therapy for beginners. Uh, right. And that's an easy, that's an easy way for people to just ask um, simple questions uh, without, you know, feeling like, oh, this is a dumb question. It's, it's for beginners. So that's exactly what it is. And uh, I'm starting to put together uh, Zoom calls monthly where we can delve a little bit more into some of the basic science. Like our next month, we'll go over how light works with acne and why it works. Uh, and then we'll go into why it works for um, females who are going through a lot of uh, pain associated with their menstrual cycle. So we'll delve into some more of the like, hey, here's the, you know, here's how it's actually going to affect you. And here's why it's going to affect you uh, positively. So we're going to get into that. Uh, a big part of what we do with LightPath is the education. So a lot of the other, um, just with anything, you know, you may buy something and once they get your credit card, you never hear from them again. Uh, we take a different stance. Education is really our number one thing uh, between that and just having a good product um, that is constantly on the you know, cutting edge of, of, of science and constantly uh, evolving. Um, so I think we, we bring the, the kind of the best of, of, of both worlds to people who really truly need, um, they need healing, whether again, emotionally or, or physically. Cool. Sweet. All right, Scott, thank you very, very much for joining us for Power Athlete Radio. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. See you. Take thank care. you. Bye. Now it's time for you to improve your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!